My name is Carl Anthony, and I work in the automotive industry in Detroit. Sometimes that work encompasses future vehicle technology, and that's what we talk about here, for the most part anyway. This is AutoVision News Radio. Greetings from the Auto World Museum in Brussels, Belgium, where we are broadcasting live from the AutoSense and in-cabin conferences. This was the inaugural in-cabin conference from Sense Media, and it has been a smashing success. Today is Thursday, September 15th, 2022. We are doing in-cabin now, in the middle of the in-cabin conference as we speak, coming off an already exciting two days on Tuesday and Wednesday of the AutoSense conference. With the advent now of in-cabin, AutoSense moves to focus on the exterior of the car and the sensors outside the vehicle that enable ADAS and automated driving functions. In-cabin, by contrast, will focus on interior sensing, including things like driver and occupant monitoring and all of the challenges, opportunities, and discussions that encompass all of those technologies. Both events, AutoSense and InCabin, are built on the vision of senior technical experts from all across the automotive ecosystem, and all of the content is delivered by those with a passion for science, innovation, and engineering. AutoSense and now InCabin are the world's leading technical communities for ADAS and Autonomous Vehicle Perception Technology. We conducted a series of interviews at AutoSense and InCabin with some of the leading minds in the industry. On this episode of AutoVision News Radio, we will recap these interviews. And if you're interested in hearing the full interview, visit our AutoVision News LinkedIn page, as everything is archived there. We first spoke with Valentina Donzella, a full professor and head of the sensors area in the Intelligent Vehicles Group at WMG, University of Warwick, UK. She has been awarded a Royal Academy of Engineering Industrial Fellowship on camera sensors and is currently leading the work package on perception sensor noise models as part of the four-year EU Roadview project. Here is what Valentina shared with us at AutoSense. I think it's a quite ambitious project because we will look into sensor degradation and how this affects the pipeline from sensing to perception to control in a weather condition. In fact, a lot of our partners are situated in Northern Europe. We want to understand the situation where we have snow, icy conditions yes. and so on. Yes. Obviously, or probably doing automated driving. It's easy in a sunny day in California, but if we are thinking about UK, where you always have brain or Northern yes. Europe, the challenges are different. Yes. And as yes. a part of that, we are leading the work package on uh, noise factor for sensor modeling. Do you see yourself working in, in academia for the remainder of your career? You said that you love it. Do you see yourself staying in that field? Probably, yes. Yeah. I enjoy the challenges in academia, but uh, I enjoy them because I have the opportunity of working with big and very relevant industrial partners. So I hope overall that I can keep building relationship with a lot of industrial partners to make my research really useful for the future. Also joining us for AutoSense was Christina Galassi, a scientific project officer of the Sustainable Transport Unit at the European Commission Joint Research Center, or JRC. She's leading JRC activities on the development of the new EU-type approval framework for automated vehicles with a focus on safety requirements and validation. Christina shared more with us on-site at AutoSense. We are the science 
acknowledge service of the Commission. Uh, what does it mean? It means that uh, we do not have a legislative mandate, we are scientists. Yes. So we provide scientific and technical support to the policy-making process. The European Commission just published a new regulation on the type approval of motor vehicles equipped with automated driving systems. Uh, yes, you are right. And this regulation is a very important milestone for us and for the automotive sector as well. And it's the first of its kind in the sense that it incorporates a, a new approach for the homologation of vehicles. So this approach has been discussed also at global level uh, with, uh, within the uh, United Nations working groups. And we implemented this uh, general uh, approach for the first time in this regulation. So this new approach encompasses uh, new methods for defining safety requirements and also for validating these safety requirements are correctly implemented. We then heard from Matthias Schulze, a member of the executive team at Algalux, responsible primarily for business development in Europe and Asia. Now, Algalux is a globally recognized computer vision company addressing the critical issue of safety for ADAS and autonomous vehicles. Here's what Matthias had to say. How can camera-based depth perception provide robust information even at night and under bad visibility conditions? Yeah, so the, the key to, to that is uh, our software ISP. Our software uh, provides uh, information when also in, at night, at rain, yes. and uh, in, in snow or in adverse weather conditions in general, because we work with raw data and have a software, then a software ISP, which makes sure that each frame is processed in the best possible way. Yes, And yes. that is, is a key to our performance. On Wednesday, September 14th, 2022, we began our AutoSense broadcast with Dr. Kristen Matias, an engineer and an economist. She's worked in the automotive industry since 2003, but has been with BMW since 2009, where she is responsible for the strategy behind in-vehicle networking technologies. She's the author of two books, Automotive Ethernet and Automotive High-Speed Communication. Here's what we heard from Dr. Kristen Matias. When I write the book, I also need to have it 100% precise. Yes. So I really need to go back and, and check, you know, is what I have in mind how it is? Is that really, can I prove it? Is it true? Yeah. Was it really like that? So I sort of like to, yeah, like to be precise in this, but I also like to understand the whole system, yeah. the whole environment, the yes. whole what are the players, how does it work together? So for me, it's really, yeah, to have this context. I miss that when I read technical books so often. I sort of read the technical books and it sort of describes to me as very specific technical problems. Sure. Often it's sort of a repetition of a specification more or less and right. a bit few more words, but I sort of... Yeah, I, I really enjoyed looking at all this history. Yeah, to recap everything. Right. And to look at all those details that I don't have time to in my everyday work. Of yeah, course. that I would sort of maybe lose out on. And then I make sure they are there and they're written down. So it's a real, yeah, that's an inner drive to sort of um, I, I love be it. precise and get it right and understand everything. Later in the day on Wednesday, we spoke to Dr. Letizia Mariotti, a senior computer vision engineer at Provisio. She's been working there since 2017, which is the same year she earned her PhD in physics from the National University of Ireland, Galway. 
Here's what Letizia shared with us at AutoSense. With all of the trends, Letizia, that you see, what are your thoughts on them and what are some of the trends that are the most important? Where do you see everything heading? I'd say three main things. So one is the, the assisted driving. The focus is shifting from simple assisted driving to fully autonomous. Also, another thing is the shift from the uh, hardware to software-defined capabilities. Like in our case, our radar is software-defined. And uh, the third thing is the attention to uh, mixed mobility with infrastructure. Uh, so I think these are three main points. And uh, in the future, uh, we're going to see a big shift into all of this being integrated together for a new kind of sustainable uh, mobility future. After hearing from Leticia, we spoke with Marius Dupree. He holds a diploma in aerospace engineering, and after an initial engagement in engineering flight simulation, he became co-founder and general manager of Vires Technology, and he grew the company to be a leading provider of environment simulation solutions for ADAS and autonomous driving systems. Today, Marius is the chief executive officer of ASAM. What is ASAM? Marius shared more with us during AutoSense. Well, ASAM is, uh, formally speaking, the Association for the Standardization of Automation and Measuring Systems, which is a, such a long title for a lot of work that we do. <laughs> yes. Basically, we are an association of the automotive industry, yes. so we were founded in the late 90s, last okay. century. Okay. And we provide a pre-competitive platform where people can basically convene and talk about things they want to standardize, like yes. communication protocols, yes. data formats, um, and so on. My role there is I, I'm now the CEO of ASAM, so I have, I have to run the organization yes. somewhat. It's a, it's a global organization. We have, meanwhile, more than 400 members, and a member for ASAM is always an institutional member, so no personal membership. There's always OEMs, tier ones, uh, suppliers, um, sure. academics or academic institutions. We have 400 of them all over the globe. We have a strong base in China and in Japan. Excellent. We are Excellent. in North America and the biggest part of the membership is still in the European region. On Thursday, September 15th, for the inaugural in-cabin event, we were joined first by Modar Alawi. He is the CEO of IRIS. Now, Modar is an artificial intelligence expert and technologist and a leading figure in computer vision AI for human behavior understanding, modeling, and prediction. As part of InCabin, IRIS announced the world's first InCabin monocular 3D sensing AI solution. And Modar took us through what the technology is. So historically, 3D has been really difficult to get inside the, the cabin. It is popular for external perception, sure. uh, but for the interior, it always had its challenges, either because of the sensors being used, whether it's time of flight or stereo sensors, generally the cost. For the last couple of years, and because image sensors are the primary sensors that we use inside the cabin, we literally wanted to disrupt the features yes. that we can get from the image sensors. What is the significance, and this may sound like a really obvious question, but what is the significance of being depth aware? Because you do mention that in the press release. It's information that we provide to OEMs and tier ones 
that is extremely critical when it comes to existing features that your NCAP and GSR have been mandating for now, but also for brand new uh, use cases. We were then joined by Adrian Capito, the Senior Vice President of Engineering with DTS Experian, responsible for leading DTS AutoSense, the community's in-cabin sensing product line. He's also the general manager of the DTS Xperi R&D facility in Bucharest. Adrian has over 40 granted and published U.S. patents in computer vision and computational imaging. During in-cabin, Adrian shared more about the work DTS Xperi is doing. The company as a whole builds products for various markets, sure. consumer uh, electronics, automotive, since, uh, since we're here, streaming, uh, TV. We, we are in the market for decades. Our uh, automotive product lines uh, historically are related to enhanced radio experiences, HD radio, yes. uh, which is one standard uh, that is basically mainly used in the United States, but in other places of the world as well for, for decades now. Right, right. DTS, our legacy uh, sounds brand, which now also covers imaging. Through it, we enable uh, enhanced sound experience in the car, post-processing, uh, codex. Our third product line in automotive is related with connectivity, yes. bringing metadata and personalized content in, in the car. Uh, we call it DTS Auto Stage. The fourth one that I'm uh, taking care of, DTS Auto Sense, is basically building technologies for in-cabin sensing. Yes. And the reason we are here. We then caught up with Peter Teberg of Toby, who heads the company's automotive segment. Before we sat down with Peter, we had the opportunity to experience their demo vehicle on the in-cabin show floor. Your system, Peter, was so responsive as just as quick as I could move my head, left mirror, rear view mirror, left mirror, rear view, center console, right mirror, center console, incredibly responsive to, how do you do that? <laughs> I was blown well, away. Well, the quick answer, I have no idea. <laughs> uh, but, but I think the engineering team here, we started about yeah. two and a half years ago uh, when we said, okay, now we're moving into to the DMS space. We had the, the UN cap and the yeah. GSR requirements coming. We also saw at that point, sort of an inflection point yeah. with the technology that we wanted to use, yeah. was it was possible to use that yes. technology. So we said, okay, now we believe we can disrupt the market and we can come with a solution that both solves all the problems we want to solve for, for safety, but doing that in a cost-efficient way. We were then joined by Adriano Palau, who is the technical manager of ADAS and Autonomous Driving at Euro NCAP. This was an interview that I really enjoyed because I had the opportunity to learn more about Euro NCAP and the work they're doing. So Euro NCAP is car safety performance assessment program. It's based in Leuven, it has members all across Europe. We have nine test laboratories where we execute the test for the cars that we test. And every single time a new car is released into the European market, we get hold of that car and, and we test it. We test it according to our protocols. We have provisions, we have protocols for passive and active safety tests. And after we have tested those cars, we rate them according to our standards, which is all the details are contained in our protocols. We have up, up to 20 protocols. Right. And afterwards, we put together all that information in a comprehensive way. We give the car zero to five stars. And also we provide a comprehensive report in which uh, all the necessary details and that person needs to know about the level of safety that the car delivers in each of the areas. Everything is reflected in that report. 
and no AutoSense or in-cabin event would be complete without a visit from our good friend Andy Hanvey of Omnivision Technologies. Andy is the Director of Automotive Marketing, and he's responsible for product and regional marketing for Omnivision's automotive segment. He has shared his thought leadership with us here on AutoVision News numerous times, and we were glad to welcome him back and get caught up with him. So in general, it is definitely the adoption of cameras is increasing. So we're seeing much more um, demand for surround view, going from RVC to adding more cameras for more cars want to have the surround view feature and also adding functions to that surround view feature, advanced parking assist. Yes. Then if you look at ADAS, ADA, it's just, again, going from one camera to seven, eight cameras. Yes. And then that's a, even within the in-cabin, in-cabin, it's now all about mandates. We were able to put a driver camera there, but it's being able to look at much more in the cab and look at the other people in the car. Have you have you left your baby in the car? Have you left the parcel? That's where the trends that we're seeing in general. Right now I'm standing by my favorite car in the Auto World Museum. It's hard to pick a favorite because I love this place, but if I had to pick one, this one would be it. And it wasn't here in 2019, which is the last time I was here for AutoSense in Brussels. Maybe you saw it if you were part of our AutoSense and in-cabin events, but it's upstairs. It's a 1988 blue Mazda MX-5 Miata. What's significant about this blue machine, this blue Miata, is that it is VIN 26 of only 34 pre-production cars that was used to promote the vehicle launch prior to the Chicago Auto Show in 1989, February of 89, where the Mazda Miata made its debut. Now the Mazda Miata is just a blast to drive. And a few years back, Mazda introduced the RF model, the retractable fastback model. So not the soft top, but the hard top. Good looking car. Well, a lot of Miata enthusiasts love the Gen 1 Miata, the first generation Miata from 1989. But when I was walking by and I saw this blue Miata, I thought, 1988, wait a second, that seems strange. And then I read the description and yeah, one of 34 that was used prior to the car's launch in 1989 at the Chicago Auto Show. It's believed that only five survived that initial crop of 34 pre-production vehicles, that only five survived. This is VIN number 26. The rest would have been crushed and disassembled. And this is the contrast that I love between the Auto World Museum and the Auto Sense and In-Cabin Conferences. At Auto World, we are immersed in the history of the automobile while simultaneously embracing its future as part of Auto Sense and In-Cabin. Be well, friends. Reporting from the Auto World Museum in Brussels, Belgium, I'm Carl Anthony, Auto Vision News Radio.